and welcome back to the What the Fork Sunland Preview Podcast. We've had a few days to digest it, but Sunland's second half capitulation against Burnley on Saturday is still a little bit of a bitter pill to swallow. However, one team that maybe had an even worse weekend than ourselves is this week's opponents, Luton Town, who lost their local derby with Watford by four goals to nil. Which does beg the question, is now the best or the worst time to face them? And there's kind of only one way to find out, really. And here to preview this weekend's game is Dave from Luton Town Podcast, or when the town. Dave, uh, we chatted yesterday officially, which the podcast will be out later on your podcast, but how are you doing, mate? you okay? Yeah, I'm thinking I'm a little bit more over it than I was the other day, uh, yesterday. But uh, you're right, it was a horrendous result for us at the weekend. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to forget about it. So for people to remind me all the time, it's a bit of a pain in the backside, isn't it? But yeah, it is what it is. It was a horrendous result. The performance wasn't good. Um, I hate to say this about our rivals, but we were outclassed in every position on the pitch. We offered nothing. But we went there with such high hopes and uh, because our form has been pretty decent and, you know, we capitulated, literally capitulated and it was hard to be there and watch that, to be fair. I think it's, one, it's one of those things that I think if the shoe's on the other foot, I'd feel the same. I'd hate to be reminded of it, but I think 16 years since you face each other in front of fans, um, how is the mood? Because sometimes when that happens, you kind of just have to go, well, that's that done. Let's plough on. But But is the mood still suffering a bit in the fan base? Um, well, look, there are a lot of people that are saying we got it wrong. Yes, we did get it wrong. Uh, Nathan Jones said that we had an illness sweep through the uh, the team, a bit convenient, but he wouldn't say that if it didn't happen. Um, I, I think because of the ambition was so high, because we, we've only lost two in 12 games, you know, we're going there on a high. We've beaten uh, Queen's Park Rangers, Blackburn, Swansea. We've drawn with Sheffield and uh, Burnley. So, And we've beaten Norwich. So of the top, six teams we haven't lost to them so you go you go there full of confidence you know you've seen your team play super well during the season we've had some cracking away performances in fact our waveform is is much better than our home form um and so you go there and you think we're going to give them a game and we just didn't uh you know we've all been to games where you hope you're going to play well and you play all right and you get beaten you go okay but we were awful in every department and and it just hurts a little bit more because it's Watford. Um, had it been, for instance, you guys or anybody else, you come away from that and say, well, we took a bit of a bash in, you moan about it, and then you move on to the next picture. So there are some fans at the moment are a bit um, still on the, on the social media, you know, saying, you know, we need to do something, but you can't get away from the fact we've got a decent squad now and a much better squad than we had last season. So in my opinion, um, we should be just putting this to bed and pushing on from here. It's interesting because it, it was a really surprising result. Obviously, we haven't come up against yourselves this season, but you know, I've been keeping an eye on it because of the success you had last season. We came up against Watford and got a draw against them with, with no strikers when we had a, an injury crisis, which we still have. But um, Luton are basically chugging along quite well and Watford are very hit or miss. Everyone will have their own opinion on it. But before we move on completely, we should be pleased to hear Dave. Um, <laughs> why, why do you think it went wrong on Sunday? Is there anything you can pinpoint? I, well, look, Let's get the the thing out of the bag right away. The the illness allegedly that swept through the team must be a real thing. So I'm going to put some of it down to that. But um, you know, Watford have changed managers, God knows how many times. But you know, they've just sacked the guy from Forest Green. They get Billich in. He's not performing very well. They've not had that run of results they thought they'd have. So they were they was on. I don't know. They lost a couple in a row. We was on a high. I think our confidence should have been much higher. 
but it was only one team on the day that looked up for it. So I think the reason we got it wrong um, was we underestimated. I think we underestimated Watford quite a lot. I think that was the case. I think as a, as a fan base, we go in there thinking we've got a really good chance of beating them because of that form. I'm, I'm not saying I'm managing inept at all. No, not at all, because he's done he's done well for us. However, our game plan was wrong. Our setup was wrong. Um and we just didn't, we, 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 we normally away, we press high. We don't have a lot of the ball when we play away games. And I'm happy with that because we get everybody on the break. And we've had some cracking results playing that way, high press all of the time. Uh, but we had nothing. We just had nothing. And I, I just think it was one step too far. But, you know, we had a good week apart from that game. We, we'd beaten Queen's Park Rangers. We'd beaten Norwich. So you go into that game full of confidence, but it didn't show. Um, I, I just can't. I really, I've been trying and trying and trying to analyse why we played so poorly. And I, I've got to hand it to Watford and they managed the game very well. Um, they managed the game. They played much better football than we did. And that hurts me to say that. And they they knew what it was about. And I don't think our players did at the day. Shame. It's funny you said that because I think we were discussing it on, on your podcast yesterday. Sunderland had a, a really similar, we're going back a long time here, and I'm sorry Sunderland fans in advance, when... We lost five one to a newly promoted Newcastle, and we, for the first time in years, had gone in as the favourites, and it was just awful. And then the games after, before, and the games after, we beat Chelsea a couple of days later at Stamford yeah. Bridge, and sometimes it, it just does happen. And it was a bizarre result for many reasons. You know, you've, you've touched on it a little bit here, but looking at the month previous, you came into the game having beaten Norwich away, QPR at home, Blackburn at home, not just over the, like five weeks yeah. ago. Um, I think you went into the game seven unbeaten, as you said, two defeats and 12. So taking, obviously, the Watford game out of the equation completely because it seems like an anomaly, if we're honest. Um, how impressed have you been by Luton this season? Um, well, we had a great end to last season, apart from the result from the playoffs. And I think we've recruited well. And uh, the home form hasn't been exactly where we want it to be. But when Luton are on on form, they're going to be a hard team to beat. And so I've been quite impressed with them. I'm... I'm I'm happy that we seem to almost, and I hope I'm not saying this too soon, we've sort of established ourselves in the division now after the you know back-to-back promotions. Um, and I'm happy where we are. I think we're pushing forward all the time. I think the manager is doing a great job. I think I think the fans realise where we are. I know very soon, fingers crossed, that we're going to get to our new stadium and I think things will push on again from there. So this season, I think, you know, when we're when we're really up for a game, we're hard to beat. And when our strikers are playing well, we score goals. Um, and, and you just look at the QPR game the other day. I mean, QPR being top of the league right now, um, genuinely there's only one team in that game. And that was us. And, you know, we gave them a goal at the end. Genuinely, it was a, a, a an own goal. And we went straight down the other end and scored another one. Um, literally, QPR were in it and they're top of the league. So I think we've had some fantastic performances. So we shouldn't be too down about where we are or how we perform. I'd prefer the home team, the home form to be better. But then I look at our away form and think, well, you know, that's compensated for it. So, yeah, I, I think we're in a good position. I think we're in a position to put forward, push forward and move up a bit. That's how I look at it. If you, you can play the top six and not lose, that's pretty good. And, you know, beat three of them. Um, that's pretty cool. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite a hopeful. Interesting. You, you mentioned the home form there because looking at the first sort of 16 games, Picked up 10 points at home, 14 points away from home. Those away results include wins at Norwich, Swansea, Cardiff, and a draw at Burnley. 
the yeah. home form is seeing you lose to Wigan and Preston and draw 3-3 with, with bottom of the league Huddersfield. It might be a simple question to say a Luton are a better away side, but when you actually segment the, the results out, the home form has been improving. Um, as fans, are you seeing that improvement or is that just a couple of decent results? Uh, no, I think there is an improvement overall. That's a good question. Um, when I look back at the Huddersfield game, for instance, again, I don't know how we didn't win the game. At Wigan, we, we capitulated in the last 10 minutes. Uh, up until that point, we're on top. And I don't understand how we gave those away. Um, so, yeah, we've very, been very disappointed with some of the home performances. But more recently, um, we've, got, we've got better and it has got better. I, I, again, I don't like to say sometimes you do get dragged down to where the other teams are sometimes. And that sounds very arrogant, doesn't it? But I don't, I don't mean it in any, any that way. But when Huddersfield turn up and you're thinking, well, we should do these. And, and that, that, don't be overconfident with that. But they put up a good performance and I don't understand how we didn't put them to bed. I don't understand how we didn't beat Wigan, but you know, you don't. But since those, yeah, the form has changed. And I think the turning point for me was Carlton Morris getting a goal uh, at home. Because uh, as soon as he got one of those, he started scoring more regularly. I think it was just frustration because you just know how well your team have played the previous season, how well we recruited, and uh, you know how we could we could have got something from all those games. You said we could have got something from them when we was watching it. You're thinking, how the hell have we not got a point out of this, or how the hell have we not got three points out of this? Because you know it, it wasn't that we were playing terribly, terribly, but we knew we could play better. And I think that's the frustration. Since that time, when you when you get the QPR come down and you get Blackburn come up, um, you could see that we had quality. You could see that the everyone was up for it in the team, and the team was structured well, and the game plan works. You know, the game plan works away from home. When you go away from home, the first thing is don't concede. Uh, we play high press away at home. We play a little bit differently, um, but I think if it's not broke, don't fix it. Why? Why change? That's how I'd look at it. But you know, I think we're all still quite excited that we can move on and and we can move up the league. And the home form can't get any worse. It only has to get better. And then when you do look at it, although the home form is bad, it's not overly bad, is it? You know, we've, we're not that far in the season, and it could it, we could look back at the end of it and go, it's just a glitch at the beginning. And I think we're in exactly the same position we were. At this point last season, I think exactly the same wins, exactly the same defeats, exactly the same uh, draws. So, and look where we ended up last season. So, you can't think that we can't do it again. I mean, the, this league is tough. It's a tough league. I don't care. I think it's probably more competitive than any other league in England. And I would be saying that if we get anywhere near the playoffs, it'll be it'll be a bonus. Uh, if we, you know, you've got to be realistic. You can't really push for automatic. You've got to be super lucky to beat all those parachute payment clubs and anybody who's got a lot of backing money-wise. But uh, if we can still push for playoffs and if we get in them, brilliant. Uh, but I think the key for, for Luton is stay in this division, consolidate, consolidate. And I think you'll see a different Luton town in a few years' time as well when, when we actually move to our new stadium. And for now, I just want to make sure we, we stay in this league. But I'm very optimistic that we're going to give it a bash for the, the playoffs again. Yeah, and, and I think you're touching the home form there as well. And I think you're 100% right. I don't want to lull Sunderland fans into a false sense of security. But since you lost against Wigan, you haven't lost, which was the uh, 3rd of September. And that includes wins over 
QPR and the like. So, so yeah, but I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I do think it'll be there or thereabouts, the, the playoffs. And it's really interesting because when you go back to when we last faced each other, um, we were both going for a promotion in League One. I think it was January. We drew 1-1 at the Stadium of Light. Um, but maybe that wasn't the interesting part. That was maybe the boring part. The interesting part is Mick Hartford was in charge that game due to Nathan Jones moving from the Stoke. If we fast forward almost four years, Nathan Jones is well into his second spell at Luton after it didn't work out with Stoke, shall we say. Um, but I find it really interesting because in theory, in almost in every situation, I'm sure there's anomalies there there thereabouts, but successful managers rarely return to the club that did well and do better. It's fair to say Nathan Jones has. A, what was the feeling when he first came back? And, and B, why has it worked? Uh, a very good question. Before we... I answer that. Can I just say that the the one all up at the Stadium of Light for me was an immense part of our current surge of history. Um, you know, Nathan left us under a cloud after we lost at Sheffield Wednesday um, in the FA Cup, and he's standing there applauding us and beating his chest. And we're all thinking we've got a great manager here. And next day he left, and people were really angry the way he left. Mick Harford, legend at our club, and uh, you know he's a total legend. Um, he takes over because he knows the team. And by the way, it's an interesting fact. I'm just going to pop in on your podcast. I say it on all mine. I flew to that game, which is crazy because it was cheaper than the train and I went via Dublin. But it was brilliant for us. It, for us, it was brilliant. You know, we had we got a result at your place that no one expected us to get. It really pushed us on and we ended up winning the league, you know, and that is amazing. So then, you know, we're all thinking, well, Mick's not going to stay. Nathan is not doing so well at Stoke. And we're in this thing. We've just won the division. And then we take on Graham Jones. And Graham Jones, to be fair, um, if I can say this, was bloody awful. Um, I don't think he knew the team. I don't think he knew his best team. I don't think he knew the players. I don't think the players had any respect for him. And Mick was um, one of the main people that went back to our board and said, and Nathan can come back and do a good job. And he literally persuaded our chairman to go back and get him. Now, the other good thing for, for Nathan Jones in that respect was COVID was here. There were no fans in the stadium. And we had a mini league to stay in the championship that day, that week, you know, that month when he arrived, we were rock bottom. He's gonna, he's, if he's going to keep us up, he's going to become back to where he needs to be. So with COVID around, no one to criticise we're all watching on iFollow and goodness what knows what. And then he starts getting results and we start moving up and we stay up. And that in itself is an achievement because, you know, we was, we was looking at the abyss of bloody league one again and uh, he saved us and he, and he literally saved us. And, you know, there are some people still that don't like his chest beat. And there are some people still that don't like the way that he, he, he talks about the games, but you can't deny he's done the good job. And uh, he's he sells our club so well. He recruits so well. Um, and I think that's part of it. I think, you know, let's be fair, he probably doesn't need the money anymore because he got paid off by Stoke. A, a real apologies for my dog, Bob, by the way. So, you know, he's sitting there. He's been offered another chance. There's no one there to criticise him. And he does a brilliant job. So I think that's why it works. And then you push on. Following season, we consolidate. Season after... You know, it's, you know, we had a great time. His, his, his style of football was amazingly good. I believe in, I believe in what he wants to do at the club now. I don't think he's going to go at the moment. 
who's going to come in for him. It has to be a big offer. Because I think he's got the view that we can go further than we are. And with the stadium coming up, uh, with all the future prospects, I think the future's bright for us. If you look at the model that uh, Brentford had, for instance, they've got a nice new stadium. They've pushed themselves into the Premier League. How long they'll stay there, we don't know. But you've got to look at their model and look at our model. And we're thinking we're going the same way. We own the club. It's owned by supporters, really. People that really love the club. Um, they've got good values. And the manager is promoting it all. So, yeah, I think that's why we forgive him. Or well, most of it. I don't say everybody, but most of us forgive him. Interesting you mentioned Brentford there as like the model. That's exactly what I was thinking when you mentioned the, the new stadium. And I know I know Brentford Stadium, because of the, the seats and that, doesn't look wonderful at first glance. But I went in the summer for the Euros, the women's Euros, and it was probably one of my favourite new grounds I've been to. It's it's really nice. It's really modern. It's really welcoming. Luton have got that coming up. I think there's a lot of chat about when you look at Luton Stadium, the fact that you go through a housing estate and yada, yada. There's reasons, obviously, you're moving on and they're moving forward. But um, I'm not 100% sure how much, um, what attendance you're going to have at that stadium, what your capacity is going to be. But having a stadium like that, those facilities moving forward and the way that your team's moving forward, teams like Brentford, Brighton, there must be teams that you can look and go, well, if they've done it. Yeah, why can't we? Yeah, true. The the walking through the houses and walking through the houses into terraces, um, look, it's legendary, isn't it? There's lots of yeah. away supporters that we you, you get the photographs all of the time. But to me as a kid, that was the home end and that was the way I walked into the stadium. That's I thought, you know, I don't care about that. When we move on, the capacity is going to be 17,500, I think, uh, expandable if it needs to be. But they wanted to build a stadium that wouldn't look half empty, you know. Um, you know, but... I hate to say it. Look, look at Milton Keynes. They build a thirty thousand seat stadium. They get eleven thousand in. You know, it looks empty, even mm-hmm. though there's eleven thousand there. So they want to build a stadium close to the pitch because that's an advantage at Luton at the moment, isn't it? There. And so the stadium is going to be good. I, I agree with you about Brentford Stadium. I've been a few times. Um, probably sat in every stand, if I'm honest. And uh, it's a nice stadium. It's it's right in the bang of the centre of everything, isn't it? There, right, you know, not so far from where their old ground is. And you'll find that when Luton change and you're on the train down from London, the train station will be just outside the stadium. It's going to be a brilliant thing, and I think it's going to move us on. Um, and it can only be good for us. It can only be good for us, because uh, as much as we like Kenworth Road, and it'll be sad to see it go, uh, it's time to move out, and it's time to progress as a club. What happened when you guys left Roker Park, you know? It's yeah. the same thing. I mean, I, I suppose lots of traditions you'll miss, but then you'll create new ones in the new stadium. So I feel that, the, yeah, why can't we be a Brighton? Why can't we be a Brentford? Um, you know, there's no reason why we can't. There's Someone's got to do it, haven't they? Yeah, Bournemouth, another example as well. There's, there's plenty of examples oh. there, isn't there? Well, Bournemouth Stadium's tiny. When you go up to Bournemouth, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a great stadium. Yeah, but it's not a great stadium to go to. And no. It's not a great place, is it? Let's be fair. Um, not for me. <laughs> no. no, definitely not for you. But, you know, you go in and it's full and it's passionate. And, you know, fair play to Bournemouth for getting where they are. Fair play to them. And, you know, how do they manage to stay up there all that time? You know, it's crazy. You know, what they were, they, they were somewhere in the what, ninth or tenth at one point in the division. So there's no reason why. I used to think we were, you know, when I was younger, I thought, oh, Luton have got, got a following. But we're not a big club. But we've done well in our time. And, you know. There's no reason why we can't do more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that that. There's no there's no counter argument I've got to that 
not that I wanted one, but there really, really isn't the way the way the world works at the minute. Um, in the in the Premier League and the Championship, and and, and what's going on with it. But regarding Sunderland, uh, we've hit a bit of a sticky patch. Um, but it's maybe easy to overanalyze when you're a Sunderland fan. So I guess from the outside looking in, as a Luton fan. You've had a similar, or we're looking to have a similar trajectory as Luton, shall we say, come up from League One, consolidate and go forward. But what have you made of Sunderland to start um, so far, sort of 16 games in, 13th at the time of speaking? Another good question. I would say to you that when Sunderland come up, uh, my initial thought was, and, and please don't take this the wrong way, oh, bugger, there's another club we have to really go at to, to beat them because, I, you know, we've had some glorious scraps in, in, in the few years that we were playing each other. And I've seen games against Sunderland that I'd much rather forget. So I was generally thinking, well, surely they're not going to come up and just bounce through because, you know, every club who gets to the championship wants to get in the premiership for the money for whatever else reasons. And then you had a cracking start, didn't you? You had a really good start. And and I'm thinking to myself, oh, God, you know, Sunderland could be the person that takes our playoff players away from us. So um, I generally thought your start was good. a lack of form, I suppose. I think we talked about uh, your, your lack of uh, strikers and things like that. Um, but the start really is, could you expect anything more coming from the league that you came up from? Uh, when, we, when we came up, for instance, I didn't. I, I would be happy with just finishing one place above relegation. Um, and it turned out, you know, we finished a couple of places above relegation. But um, I don't think they're any further lower or higher than I thought Sunderland might be right now. Um, but I was a bit shocked because I thought at one point you were going to run away with it when you first, you know, the first part of the season, you're in the top half of the table, the top four, top three, and you're thinking to yourself, come on, surely um, Sunderland can't be that good. That's what I was thinking. I'll be honest with you, you know, we came up and then I think, I, and I have to be honest with you, I don't know how much money and backing that Sunderland have right now, but if they got a few quid behind them, then you could become real good contenders. Um, and, you're not a small club. You've got, you've got a huge fan base. Um, you've got a lot of history. You've been in the Premier League. Why wouldn't you get back there? But this season, you know, I, I'm just going to be totally honest. I don't watch everybody's results, but I am aware of, you know, you've had a good start, a little dip, but that can't go on forever. You, you don't become a bad team overnight. And uh, I just give me one more result where you can't win. And then you can, you can do whatever you like. <laughs> Sounds fair, I suppose. Um, it's funny because, like, Luton, the fact that you got promoted five years ago, you, you're you in that position that I think Sunderland, maybe we would hope to be there sooner, but that's, is that maybe an overambitious? I don't know. Um, but essentially, it's on a similar trajectory. We want to consolidate, then begin to look at promotion as the season's rolled by build up a team of, of sort of young, hungry players that build up their experience, come here, might have to sell one or two along the way. What was it that Luton did to sort of sustain themselves in this league though and, and then begin to look up as opposed to down? I know that's a million dollar question, but... Uh, again, I I don't know if I've got an answer to that one. What I would say, we've improved season on season. So, you know, we had, we had those scraping and then every season since then we've moved up. I think that's down to uh, good financial management of the club. No one's paying stupid money for stupid things. I mean, we broke our transfer record for Carlton Morris uh, and nobody knows what we paid for him. But we know we broke our transfer record. But, you know, that's not high. I think our last transfer record was £1.2 million. So we're a very well-run club who who 
play within our means, I suppose. Um, and I, I put it down to recruitment. I put it down to each each transfer window, the transfer team, Mick Harford included in that, who goes out scouting, um, they get some good players. And the players come in, they want to play for Luton Town and they want to play for Nathan Jones, actually. They want to play for Nathan Jones. If you love him or hate him, they want to come and play for us. And when they get here, they they Luton can be a a springboard for other people's careers. So I think we get the right player at the right time in their careers. And I think that's why, and you know, that's why we, we, every, every season we appear to have done better than last, or we appear to be stronger than last. Got two questions before I go Two completely opposite ones. The last one being predictions as always, which I always get wrong. So I don't know why I bother. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a question I've never researched. And I'm aware Google exists, but I went my first game in 1993 when both Sunderland and Luton were, as we called it, the Ensley League Division One. Then yeah. um, we've played each other at the Stadium Light in quarterfinals of the League Cup, and obviously played each other um, recently. One thing I've never been able to put my finger on, and you might be able to answer this: Why did Luton now play in orange? Why do Luton now play in orange? That's a very it's good question. White. Well, well, we used to uh, when I first started watching them. And for no one, because no one can see me, can they? That's cool. Um, I was my first game was uh, 1970. I went to 1970. I went to my first game. Luton played in black and white then, uh, and then we got we got promoted in um, 74, I think. And we, I think, we started wearing orange in in, in uh, early 70s, and we were we wore orange for quite a bit, and then we reverted back to white. And I think then. 2020 came back in and there was a poll and they just started doing retro kits and we started off with a retro um, kit that was basically my favourite kit from the 70s and there was a fan poll but I would prefer us to play white but now it's orange um, was there a history before the before the 70s well if there was I don't remember it but I remember Luton playing in black and white for quite a while uh, in the 80s we played in white but our, our away kit was always orange and we just switched them around um, and I don't mind it, yeah. I don't mind it. Sometimes on TV it looks red, but there you go. Uh, <laughs> the history, history is probably much, much more than that. But uh, the orange shirts now is Luton. Uh, that's not going to change, I don't think. Just an interesting thing that I just I didn't even write down as a question. I just went, I'm "Sure, Luton used to play in white when I was a kid." Um, yeah, they would have done in in the nineties and in the eighties. We played our home strips of white. Uh, it's one of the things that 2020 did when they first come on board. I mean, we had some some absolute idiot owners who had idiot plans, who literally put us into oblivion, not helped by the FA. And if you if you really really want to look into the reasons why Luton got relegated to the league, you should because it was outrageous what happened to Luton Town. Forty points deductions in two seasons is ridiculous. Um, they literally condemned us to um, non-league. They should have just relegated us and let us let us have a go. That's what they should have done. But um, you know, I think it was a bit of a from that position we decided when when 2020 came in, 2020 owned by Luton Town supporters. You know, they came in and said, "This is what we're going to do." Everyone got behind it, and the kit went to orange again. So uh, yes, although to be fair, I don't currently I don't like our current strip anyways, but. That's that's another that's another discussion altogether. But at, at the moment, we're doing loads of retro kits, and they're all doing a, like a, a homage to previous kits that we've worn, and and they interact between them. So at some point, we might go white again. I kind of like our white shirt. It's interesting when you we've just over the 
time speaking about this, about Luton going down, something going up. We discussed it on the podcast last night. One of the best away days we've had, maybe one of the worst home games you've had was when we won 5-0 and sort of won the league on that day, just Pippin Birmingham, who I think conceded late at Preston, meaning we won the league. And then we went up to the Premier League and we were there for sort of 10 years. And it's funny, in that time, Luton went the opposite way. Obviously, we took Carlos Edwards from you in the January, became a total cult hero, loved him. You went down all the way down to non-league. And it's funny, as your um, improvement began and you started coming back up the leagues, that's when we started going down and we've kind of crisscrossed. I've never really realised that until I've really sat and chatted to you today, Dave, which is kind of weird. And, and here we are back back together again. But um, that's by the by. Um, I, I remember that 5-0 on account of, um, obviously I sit in the home end, but mm-hmm. um, on the home side, nearly away end, but it was more Sunderland supporters sitting around me than anyone else. And, they're all nice guys, um, <laughs> um, but I've never wanted to get out of a stadium so quick in all my life, to be fair. It was a horrendous day for us, but obviously a brilliant one for you guys. I think we were in all four corners, if I remember right. It was everywhere. Well, it was everywhere. And and it, at the time, uh, a lot of Luton fans were pretty peed off by um, the attitude of the club secretary, who's no longer there, um, who basically said, well, you know, we had to sell the tickets, we sold them. It was a ridiculous thing to do, but... You know, fair play to Sunderland supporters. It was a big game, wasn't it? You know, it won the league. Why wouldn't you want to be there? I'd do the same. Yeah, good day. Um, just reminiscing a bit there. Yeah, um, not, too not too much when I'm sitting. <laughs> I'll try my best since you're my guest. But um, predictions, I, I give mine yesterday on, on your podcast. I know for a fact that I'm not going to get it right. I never get it right. This is my worst season so far. Um, closest I've got is, I think I said 1-0 against Wigan and we won 2-1, which isn't close at all, really. Um, I quite fancy a 1-1, but there is kind of method in my madness with that. I think both teams are going to be hurting quite a bit. Um, you've had a, a defeat that's difficult to stomach. I, I also think our defeat's difficult to stomach in the manner that it happened. Um, yeah. So I think both teams will be fired up, but have an element of a, a lack of confidence, which kind of points to a draw for me. There'll be... There'll be things that are still a bit raw whilst also probably trying almost too hard to come back and, and, and prove that they're not as bad as they were the weekend previous, which to me points to a draw, but I think I'm saying that a little bit hopefully if I'm completely honest. Well, um, we sat down and we've thought about it a lot. Um, we can't be as bad as we were against Watford at the weekend. We just literally can't. We've already said our form lost to in 12 games is a really decent form. So, I'm optimistic that we can, the right Luton Town will show up on Saturday. The right, the right team, the right tactics, and everybody not ill. Um, I think we can give you a good game, and I think with that in mind, um, I'm hopeful that we keep a clean sheet. That's the first part, and my second, I think I'm up for Carlton Morris and Adibayo scoring, so I'm going to go for two nil. However, um, if the wrong Luton Towns turn up. Then it could be any result, couldn't it? And and then and a draw, and I'd have to take it. But I'm, I'm hopeful that we can put to bed the ghost of Sunday. Our strikers, um, Morris and Eddie Bayo, are on good form, and uh, you know we don't concede. So I'm I'm going to go with two nil, um, and we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed, not fingers crossed, not for us. But um, Dave, really lovely chatting and, and reminiscing and going back over stuff and also coming all the way at the present. But um, obviously, you're, you're on a great podcast yourself um, with other people. Where can we we find that if people want to listen to the the reaction from the weekend game? Yeah, brilliant. It's on it's Oh When the Town podcast. It's on YouTube, Spotify, and any other app that uh, you can get your 
podcast on. Um, and dare I mention that we do have a Mick Harper special on YouTube. He talks about Sunderland very passionately, uh, and especially the 73 Cup final uh, at days. Even if you just skip to that bit, it's worth it because he's such a legend and he's such a good, good guy. To, to be fair, I actually listened to it last night after we've spoken. It is very good. So uh, I'll second recommend that as well. It's a fantastic episode. And I think it's it's the first video on your YouTube page. Is that right? Probably. Probably. I, I, I go on it quite a lot. Uh, and I, I, I reminisce just talking to him. He was just such a good chap. And uh, he's such a legend. And, you know, we're hoping that he, he gets over all his illness at the moment. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's here for a long time. But, you know, if you talk about statues outside grounds, he'll be one of them eventually or straight away. Good man. Anyway, thanks for having me on, by the way. It's been a great chat. Pleasure, Dave. Absolute pleasure. Um, As always, from my side, like, subscribe, share if you want. If you don't, that's fine. I don't care. It'll be all right. Um, But thanks for joining me, Dave. Appreciate it. You're welcome.